0: I'm ready to reopen Cayman because it's time that our friends, family, and tourists are able to come once again and visit our beautiful island. When we open up the borders, travel is going to be freer and we're going to be able to travel between countries better. I'm ready to reopen to be reunited
1: with my loved ones living abroad. I'm ready to reopen. About how you can help your community and loved ones. Practice self-care. Focus on your mental health. Wash your hands. Use soap and water for at least 20 seconds and wash often. If you can't use soap and water, hand sanitizer is a good alternative. Hand sanitizer should have more than 60% alcohol content. Cover your nose and mouth in a tissue when you cough or sneeze. Make sure to throw your tissue away in a lined trash can. Wash your hands after you've coughed or sneezed. If a tissue is not available, cough or sneeze into your elbow and not your hands. Practice social distancing. Stay at least six feet away from other people. Avoid crowds. Plan activities outdoors as much as possible. Wear a mask. Make sure it covers both your mouth and your nose. Wash your hands if you've touched the front of your mask. Don't ignore your symptoms. Common symptoms of COVID-19 are fever, cough, shortness of breath, fatigue, and loss of taste or smell. If it is an emergency, like you're having trouble breathing, call 911. Do not go to work, use public transport, or be in public areas. If you believe you've been exposed to COVID-19 or have a fever, cough, or shortness of breath, call your healthcare provider or the flu hotline at 1-800-534-8600 immediately. We want everyone to stay as healthy as possible. Let's keep working together to prevent the spread of coronavirus.
0: Good evening, everyone. You are watching the CMR COVID Spotlight. I'm your host, Kevin Watler, and tonight we're going to be talking uh, to a nutritionist from Total Health. Her name is Kelly Nowers. Um, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Hi, everyone. I'm doing really great. It's a little bit cold here in Cayman, but I hope everyone's keeping cozy.
0: Wonderful. So you are a registered dietitian, and uh, so and again, you work at Total Health, but Let's get started with you telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do.
2: So I am a registered dietitian. I um, originally, I come from South Africa, so I studied at Stellenbosch University and then went on to working in one of the largest hospitals um, in South Africa. Um, It's a government hospital with around a thousand beds. Um, I was in the trauma wards, um mainly um, internal medicine oncology wards and dealing with a lot of um, spinal patients as well, um, in and out and also um, some pediatric patients as well. And then I went on to go into private practice, and then I decided to come to sunny shores of Cayman, and I was working for um, Health City, and now I'm at Total Health. So I'm seeing outpatients, seeing all different kinds of patients from, uh, weight loss to wanting to improve their immune system uh, pediatric patients so it's pretty much uh, a, a jack-in-the-box uh, or like a potluck don't know what i'm gonna get for the day
0: <laughs> awesome well right before we really get started to the show we just want people to start you know letting everyone know that we are live so please take some uh, time take a minute Not even a minute. It's literally three to five seconds, and hit share on your Facebook feed, or if you're on YouTube, please let people know that we are live. Very important discussion um, when we're talking about nutrition and COVID-19, because believe it or not, there's it it does have something to do with you know with at least being able to have a better chance and a better outcome. And and uh, Kaylee's going to really get into some of those questions right before we get into that. And as you're doing that, we'll just play a quick a clip from our sponsor, and then we'll get right into the show. So please, again, just take a second and hit share. All right. Told you that was going to be fast. So Kaylee, let's get with the first question here. Why is nutrition important when it comes to COVID-19?
2: A lot of people, um, when they come and they ask me, oh, what can I do to improve my health and nutrition? And what what tablet can I take? What instant remedy can I take? And um, the studies that are coming out now globally um, are saying that It's not about a certain magical pill or a certain specific food item, it's the combination of foods that you're eating. So good nutrition is very important during and after um, an infection. So infection takes a toll on the body, especially when there's fever and the body needs extra nutrients and vitamins and minerals. So to maintain a balanced diet, meaning a balance of carbs and fats and proteins is important when you're having COVID-19 and there's like most of the studies are are publishing that no single food item can um, sort of treat COVID-19 but it does help you support your body. Um, during COVID-19, there's a, a this rapid influx of inflammation. And you could take a, a dietary approach using an anti-inflammatory um, diet to help the immune system. Um, people that are usually the elderly, people that are obese, malnourished, or immunocompromised patients, usually they're the ones that are mostly susceptible to COVID-19 complications. So you can see um, that a lot of the patients that are passing away or or are in critical care, um, they usually have other complications like diabetes, respiratory diseases. Um, They also have lots of chronic inflammation, cardiac issues. So preventing those issues and um, eating a healthy balanced diet is very important um, at at risk patients. So taking any special tablets or having those crash diets of wanting to lose weight quickly is not like now is not the time to be doing that. You must make sure that you're getting enough micronutrients to balance and protect the body at the moment.
0: I know you mentioned diabetes and, you know, we did speak to one of your colleagues, uh, Dr. Kumar, um, you know, for one of the entire shows. And if you all missed it, you could always rewatch the shows It is available there on YouTube or on Facebook. Um, There is a, a section um, a playlist that you could watch all of the previous shows. So just look for that show, and and we spoke to a diabetic um, expert on on that topic as well. But one of the things is, uh, Kaylee, we know the Cayman Islands does have a little bit of an obesity problem. Um, um, but what's it? What's the, it really like um, in, in the Cayman Islands in terms of how bad obesity is?
2: So um, during my early years of studying, when uh, my, I remember my lecturer would tell me, if you see a child that is a little bit overweight, they are more obese, according to the classification. So with the children at the moment, so there's a lot of studies that have been done um, about two years ago, but during the COVID pandemic, not a lot of re- research has been done at the moment. Um, but We know that COVID has drastically influenced um, our day-to-day living, whether we're at home or we're eating more processed foods, or um, it it has a big influence on our sedentary lifestyle. So families are now having to to sit at home for long periods of time. According to um, the studies that we were showing in 2019, um, uh, children around the age of four to six most of those kids, about 33% of those children fall into the category of overweight or obese. Um, And then later on in life, they develop serious health problems, um, such as hypertension and diabetes, cancer, and even the cardiovascular heart diseases. And those are the ones that, um, as you can see, the COVID patients, they're dealing with those other uh, comorbidities. And then they grow up, and they've their genetic, they have a genetic predisposition, means they're more likely to get um, these diseases uh, later on in life. The statistics show that at the moment, forty-five more than forty-five percent of women in the Cayman Islands are obese, and more than twenty-nine percent of males are also obese, which is a, quite a shocking amount. Um, And the reason why obesity is is brought up um, and why we said, okay, if you're um, obese, you are more likely to struggle with um, issues when it comes to um, uh, weaning you off the ventilator or or progressing or getting better from COVID-19. Obesity um, is an inflammatory state. So um, if we think about all the 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 different hormones that go off and on during um, obesity, your your sugars are more likely to be irregulated. So you'll have increased blood sugar levels. So this decreases the functioning in, of the the cardio system and the respiratory system, and this then decreases the the rates the disre- the regulation of your immune response. So it means that you're going to have a worse progression and become more critical um, if you're dealing with respiratory infections like your COVID-19. So a lot of people have been confined during quarantine times, they're affected their sleep, stress has a huge impact on obesity, Um, we weren't allowed to really go and exercise at gyms, Uh, that all had an effect on our physical health. So I'm very, very um, worried about the new studies. We have a new census that just um, is being carried out now. Um, every 10 years, they have the census, and um, one of the things that they ask is, what is your medical conditions? So according to the, the one of the latest um, statistics, um, the deaths in 2019, most of them were from cardiorespiratory issues, uh, endocrine problems, and I mean, these are all nutritionally related conditions. They all have an impact, and I think that more people need to start worrying about their their weight. They don't have to be um, super skinny and have that great physique, but just being healthy is important. So yeah, there's a problem, and more people should start worrying about their health and their nutrition and their their, their physical state.
0: Well, on that, why uh, when? Um... If someone is COVID positive, what types of foods should they be eating? And, you know, whether they have COVID or not, obviously we want to eat healthier, just like you just said. So what, what are some of the things that they should be eating? So, um, as
2: I mentioned, uh, sort of an anti-inflammatory diet is one of those that if you are dealing with COVID-19, um, an anti-inflammatory diet would be like the Mediterranean diet. Um, It's one of the healthiest sort of diets, if you have to say. Um, It includes lots of vegetables, fruits, your legumes, using olive oil, whole grains, um, and very low, uh, uh, your ultra-processed foods. So very low amounts of um, your tinned foods and canned foods. It's very natural. A lot of people on this island, they love uh, the word organic. So it is, in essence, an organic diet. Um, whereas the Western diet, which is what we follow, um, is more pro-inflammatory, so it can lead to more inflammation. So the reason why we we say don't go for your processed, your canned goods is because it's usually higher in sugar, higher in salt, and higher in preservatives, which makes the body go into this inflammatory state, which is why people with COVID-19 shouldn't be taking in a lot of these um, inflammatory foods, So there's no single food or supplement, but to maintain a healthy immune system, we need enough vitamin D. So you'll see a lot of the GPs um, in the Cayman Islands, or even with the the little ones, the pediatricians, they just say to you, okay, we're gonna put you on a vitamin D supplementation. Um, Firstly, because in the Cayman Islands, we are in the sun we don't stand in the sun for a long period of time. We go in the sun, then we go into our shade, or we go into the aircon rooms. We're not getting 15 minutes of sunlight every day. So our body needs at least unexposed, so not even wearing, having like a strap top. Um, we need at least 15 minutes of sunlight. Um, to get that vitamin D and then people need to start taking in a little bit more eggs and liver, mushrooms, things like your avocado and oats. Um, A lot of people also like salmon as well. Um, You can also take a vitamin D supplement um, I always go for the food and then for the supplementation. Um, so thing like a supplement, vitamin D supplement, like, um, that's about got, got about 200 international units, but it's important to also speak to doctors, see where your levels are at. Um, and especially for those that are in quarantine or those who um, are uh, now going to be working from home, taking supplementation would really help. Um, The next micronutrient that's really great for the immune system is your vitamin C and zinc. So there's lots of research being done on vitamin C and zinc at the moment by um, experts, but they suggest having lots of fruit and vegetables, which are high in um, vitamin C and zinc. So there would be your broccoli, your um, oranges, your kiwis, blueberries and strawberries, Um, and then Try not to have the supplementation rather go for your foods because a lot of people also just grab one of those like um, those tablets, those effervescent tablets. Um, and sometimes that can cause some GIT disturbances. The next one is um, omega-3. A lot of people um, take invigilif- omega-3 fish oil supplements, but we can also get that from our fish um, in Cayman Islands, we have a, a great array of different types of fish that are locally caught. So um, taking in your, your fish like a salmon, a sardines, your snapper, tuna, um, and then also using your olive oil, your nuts, and those are ways to keep your immune system strong. But just try and make sure that you, um, you're taking in those good types of fibers as well so trying to go for your brown breads and your whole wheat goods, those ones have less refined carbs and less um, less sugar, so that balance of the sugar levels will be uh, remain the same. Um, and then the next thing I would just suggest, suggest is taking some probiotic foods. So during uh, one of the symptoms um, of COVID-19 is GRT disturbances, so runny stomach or constipation, it depends person to person. So taking a probiotic um, supplement um, through uh, orally once a day is really great. You can also um, take some kimchi or kombucha. I've seen in the shops, they're, they're hard to find, but there's some um, kombucha and kimchi, you can go and look out for it. Um, other foods are like onions and yogurt um, that you can have every day on a daily basis but it's just important to try and um, have a balanced diet uh, and feed your gut the right types of foods because your immune system, about 70% of your immune system is controlled by the foods that you eat. So it's important to be feeding your body even if you have COVID-19 or it's after COVID-19 or you're preventing it. It's important to take the right nutrients.
0: Now, you know, you mentioned some, which is pretty easy to get. You know, we got a lot of local fish, and and that's one of the things we have. Um, But what are some of the maybe local type of foods that, you know, the more traditional, especially we're we're getting into that eating season, you know. -hmm. uh, We we love to eat some good food, especially this time of year. What are some of those local, traditional local foods that people should, um, you know, Eat a little bit more of and then right after that, maybe some of the the local foods that maybe you probably should reduce or stay away from.
2: So we have such amazing food here that you don't get anywhere um, around the world. So I have been so lucky. I tried to taste all the different foods as much as I can. Um, so the main foods that I would suggest that we should be taking in is um, your fruits and veg. So we have our delicious uh, locally made. Um, you can go to any of the vendors. So they're along the, uh, the West Bay um, or at Kamana Bay, um, you can just go to the local vendors who make the foods at home. Um, the foods would be like your tomatoes, your mushrooms, your callaloo, uh, avocado, yam, your, your plantain and green banana, um, your coconuts as well, and mangoes. Those would be like the main ones that could help support your immune system. They're high in vitamin C, but high in vitamin A, um, and also um, high in those anti-inflammatory properties, um, and as well as the locally um, locally caught fish. So you wouldn't want um, foods that have been caught from the other side of the earth, and they're stored in tin for long periods of time with extra amounts of salt, um, because they also contain a little bit of higher amounts of mercury. Um, so we want to keep as low inflammation as possible. so things like your snapper and your mahi mahi, your mackerel and your tuna are great um, fish that you can uh, you can get um, As for the food so I know it's Christmas coming up so I I am such an eater I love Christmas time it is my excuse to make all different types of foods and go crazy. Um, I think a lot of us are we we've now that we're out of quarantine and we are busy at work and we're not finding enough time to sort of make foods at home, we're tired because we've been we've been indoors, um, we've lost that sense of I want to cook myself, um, I want to make my foods myself, so what we do is we go and we go to anything that's prepped and made for us already, so we'll go to the takeaway places, and that's become a, quite a. It's a big habit of families on a Friday evening, or like for Christmas time, they'll order their meals. And I promise you, these people are uh, from the restaurants and the takeaway places. They're trying to make the food taste good. They're not worried about the the fat and the salts and the sugar. They don't care about your risk of diabetes at all. So definitely, just try and speak to them talk about maybe they can add less salt or they can use a different type of oil or rather have things roasted or baked. Um, Some of the places obviously it comes like that and that's what you have to go for but try and maybe try out a recipe this Christmas. Try um, bake your own foods and make your own foods. So the foods that are in the Cayman Islands, they're wonderful, but it's how you're cooking them. What are you doing with the ingredients? What are you adding with it? All foods are healthy. I mean, even chocolate, cocoa. Cocoa is a great anti-inflammatory, um, has great anti-inflammatory properties. But if we're putting all of that fat and um, and that sugar and it, it changes in the body and it's not one of those healthy Um, those healthy properties so yeah that's a little bit of I'm definitely going to be trying out some some delicious um, green plantain and uh, experimenting with different fish this Christmas season
0: so you know at this time of year too a lot of the you know local families and stuff they don't necessarily go to the restaurants as much they might have a family get together which again we want to ensure that if you do have a family get together, especially with COVID really picking up throughout the community, um, the best thing to do is is we could have it outside, have it outside as well as, you know, try to maybe not be as, you know, Caymanian as we usually are, very, very touchy and huggy. Um, We we do need to protect one another in these times. We could always do it when we're we're safe, uh, in a safer position. But at the same time, um, you know, family get-togethers, um, you know, they control what they're putting inside um, a lot of the, the good foods. Now, I know the cassava cake and all the good food like that is probably, you know, you you're, it won't taste the same if you don't put in all of the, the stuff that usually you have to put into it. But um, what about, you know, you, you might have some of the not-so-good food but moderation. How, how, how can someone manage that? So... Well, I would suggest,
2: let's say you're worried about COVID-19, you're worried about, say, you have diabetes or some other condition or you're being health conscious. Um, I would suggest either using... um, your healthier cooking methods. Go get yourself like an air fryer. Um, try and bake the product. Uh, try use. Uh, I know in baking it's a little bit difficult to use less sugar, but use like a sugar alternative, like a sweetener. Um, maybe that will be a better alternative. Or try and make an activity. So yes, you're going to have your pudding um try and get smaller plates not those giant you you get those huge plates and then we just you you
0: must be spying on me because i usually have a huge (laughs) plate and in addition to that it's like a volcano (laughs) erupting
2: no i know and it's christmas time so you're like i want seconds and thirds and then you end up so tired that you all end up sleeping um, after after you're, you've eaten all your food. So, um, well, what you could do is just dish up on a smaller plate. You can have that little bit of a volcano on a smaller plate and then dish up more of your protein. So dish up more of the meats and dish up a little bit more of the veggies um, on your plate so that you're not loading it with carbs. Um, and then also you're, you're a little bit full, so you're not having as much pudding. And then also have have music on, play some music outside and get physically active. So instead of everyone just going and watching TV afterwards, um, rather get the the family playing a game, um, a ball game or something to just get them moving so that the sugar is moving. And we're actually using all this energy that we're consuming during the during the um, Christmas
0: festivities. And uh, one of our viewers on Facebook says, yes, lunch, then dessert and two diet cooks don't work.
2: Yeah, you end up being, yeah, (laughs) You, you, you might as well tell yourself for this Christmas, you're going to eat more of the unhealthy foods. But say you are going to make sure that you go for a walk that evening or in the morning, and just try and tell yourself, well, I'm, I'm glad this lady said, um, Mrs. Charles, Mr. Charles said that he's going to have Diet Coke. Um, the Diet Coke is fine. It's good. At least you're not having the real Coke. I always like to say with my patients, pick your battles, choose something, just one little thing that we can
0: change. So what about water? And right before you answer that, you know, if anyone has any questions uh, for Kaylee, please write in the chat. She's here to answer your questions as well. And, of course, you'll see the little call, the little ticker at the bottom with a call in. If you want to join, Um, you could go ahead and type that in and join us for the discussion. We love participation. So uh, feel free to type your questions in or join the show. But water, how important is this to stay hydrated? Um, you know, we all know, you know, it's supposed to drink water. But really, let's talk about some of the importance of it.
2: So since we've been little, I think, like, I think when I was in preschool, everyone would preach water, water, water. Um, there's some of us that don't even drink water during the day. It will be like through coffee or tea or through the food that we have. So the reason why we say water is great is because it sort of, it helps with the, the nutrients um, in the body and helps regulate your body temperature and get rid of, rid of the, the waste. So without, water, it doesn't filter out our body. So what we're doing in essence, there are um, preservatives and there are these high sugar um, and high salt um, content foods that we're consuming, but we need that water to flush it all out. And our kidneys are just crying if we're not drinking enough water. So on average, you're supposed to have from six to um, about six to eight glasses of uh, of or cups of water. So I would suggest try and have your water bottle with you. Um, even with my patients, shame, I say to them, "Where's your water bottle? Do you have it in your bag?" Try and get, um, and not a huge one, but just that you have to carry it around and lug it around. But it is so hot here, and we're excreting through our sweat and our, through our urine all of our, our fluids, and our body just needs that um, that refreshing uh, water. And instead of having our sweetened beverages um, like our like our cokes and um our oh, cappuccinos or hot chocolates rather just try and have a glass of water. What it also does is it um, sometimes your body tells you, oh I'm hungry, I want to snack but your body actually is thirsty so your brain sort of gets this wired mismatch and, you need to actually have a glass of water instead of the snack. So some also people struggle with headaches, chronic headaches during the day, or um, muscle spasms, or they have um, they're very stiff. It's because they're not taking enough water, and your body's telling you this, but you're not listening. So it's important to just try before you eat and after you eat, to have a glass of water.
0: Now some people just don't like the way water tastes. They just absolutely hate it. What what can some of those folks do if they just just don't want it.
2: Yeah, that's I've had those questions quite a few times. Um, I, I so i would never I think it's a it's also a habit forming that you get into the habit of. Okay, I need something to drink. I need something to drink. Um, what I suggest is to go for adding um, fruit in your in your water. So just chop up some lemon or oranges or strawberries or berries and just pop them in your water to just give it a little bit of flavor. Um, you can also uh, put in a little bit of crystal light, so it's a low calorie uh, sort of concentrate that you would pop in. Um, the next thing that you could do is add a little bit of a fruit juice. So fruit juice is really good, freshly squeezed fruit juice, but for also those with diabetes, fruit juice can make our sugars go high. So what I suggest is just adding um, about a, a quarter juice, freshly squeezed juice, and then the rest water. Um, and then also just trying to maybe, you can make uh, frozen popsicles. So adding some fruit in um, and sucking on a popsicle during the day just to get some fluid in. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I would suggest. You can also go for your low-calorie, um La Croix or bubbly, those kind of um low killer cow, uh, sugar alternative beverages, if they want that uh, craving of Coke or they really enjoy those fizzy cool drinks, that's what I would suggest.
0: Is sparkling water um, good? Yes, yes,
2: yes, of course. Yeah, you can have sparkling water, that's perfect. Um, Those are, that's also great. Some people like sparkling water, yeah.
0: And then we have Marlene, she's asking, um, what is the benefit of lemon water. Um, Okay.
2: So um, the reason a lot of people say, okay, in the morning, the first thing you must do is you must get some hot water and you must put your lemon in it. So I swear to you people, this has been like an old wives tale that it's going to help you. What the lemon does is it's it's acidic. So if you add any type of acidity to your meals, what it does is it helps stabilize the um, the sugar levels. So a lot of people um, then put ha- add that to their meals or have it before breakfast time. The next thing is um, lemon is one of the high sources of vitamin C. So you're taking in that vitamin C, which helps with the immune system. Um, and then another thing is A lot of people also don't like the taste of plain water, so you would have your your lemon in the water, but it's not going to prevent cancers and all of these, like, claims that people uh, bring on, Um, but usually, yeah, it, it does have their benefits. I would recommend you can definitely have that in the morning or add that to your water.
0: And then we have another viewer, Damien. He's asking, what about coconut water? Um, Some is good, but water is best.
2: So coconut water is really great. Um, It's full of electrolytes. So a lot of potassium and chloride um, and magnesium that you get from the coconut water. Um, A lot of people uh, with kidney diseases, I wouldn't suggest using um, the coconut water because they would want to stabilize their potassium um, and but for people that don't have any kidney disease or renal abnormalities coconut water is great especially when you've exercised so instead of having those effervescent tablets which are you end up urinating out your urine turns a different color because your kidneys can't process all of the ingredients um, rather have the coconut water it's really great and you can get a fresh one you don't necessarily have to go buy the bottled coconut water you can get it by your street vendor, but water is really great. Um, But when you are doing like the marathons coming up, um, like long distance exercises and your body, what it does is it needs that electrolytes to keep the cells um, integrity. So what happens is the cells need to keep hydrated. And we suggest that's why a lot of uh, people that are doing exercise, they have their Lucozade or they have the Gatorade and it has a lot of sugar in it. You should go and have a look at the label. Um, the sugar is ridiculous um, if you have to equate it to teaspoons of sugar, but your coconut water is a great alternative, so I really highly recommend it. Thanks, that was a great question.
0: Yep, and keep those questions flowing in. I think we got all of the questions that's in the chat, but if anyone has any additional questions, uh, be sure to to write it on in. But I, again, let's go over again some of the foods um, that could boost the immune system. I know you've touched on them, but you know people are sometimes joining at different periods of time and want to just kind of go over again some of some of the foods that we know could boost your immune system, so you have a better chance of maybe you know fighting COVID. Um, at least using nutrition, using food to, to kind of give you a better advantage.
2: Um, so there's lots of um, foods that you can take. So like I suggest, balance is key because one nutrient like your iron, it needs calcium, but it also needs vitamin C. And then some people say, okay, well, I'm going to take my vitamin D. And then they say, I have it with a glass of milk because the vitamin D works with um, the calcium as well. So having that balance of carb and fat and protein, or well, healthy fats and protein, um, along with your uh, your micronutrients, it's important for a good balanced um, diet. So I would suggest for any average Joe, eating about two cups of fruit. Um, I'm interested to see, uh, they did a study in 2012 and it asks the individuals, oh, what, what, how often do people take in fruit and vegetables? And it's quite amazing how we don't incorporate it. Some people, they just completely avoid having the fruits during the day, they forget. So, having it as a snack is a really great um, idea. And they're high in that vitamin C and that um, zinc and that, or um, so that vitamin A having about two and a half cups of veggies is also um, promoted. So um, I know a lot of people don't enjoy the taste of vegetables. Um, I know that my mother did not cook vegetables very well. They were pretty much soggy and they didn't taste nice at all. So it also counts how you cook your veggies. Um, For your vegetables, I would suggest maybe blending a uh, like pureeing your your pumpkin or your yam or um, into your 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 spaghetti or your pastas um, soups are so great um, to get your veggies in um, adding a salad to your meat dishes or your pasta dishes there you're getting a little bit of more uh, vegetables in um, using your whole grains so multi-grain doesn't necessarily mean whole grain so it's Sometimes you'll you'll see high in fiber um, has so many amounts of fiber and it's not actually full natural whole grains that you're eating. It's pretty much white bread with little sprinkles of seed on top. So have a look. The darker your bread, the better. Um, so another thing that I would suggest is so the six ounces of the whole wheat um, grains and then your five ounces of meat. So the meats would be all like protein. So it would be your fish, your white meat, um, so your uh, your chicken and um, uh, your lean cuts of pork and your lentils. Um, I would rather than choose your um, having a little bit of extra protein you can add on through your nuts, like walnuts and pistachios and almonds. I know it's a little bit pricey here, but you can go to um, maybe those larger outlets uh, where you can buy in bulk and you can add your nuts to your veggies and put them in your salads. They're really tasty, um, great high in anti-inflammatory properties. Um, Also, instead of adding salt, so a lot of us we will not even taste our food. We'll get to the table, and there'll be a salt shaker on the table, and we'll just sprinkle the salt on um, before we have tasted it. So try and get into that habit of not having the salt on the table, um, because it dries out the body, especially if we're not taking enough water. So rather try and make the dish higher in, um, in an anti-inflammatory, um, product like your spices. So ginger, you guys have got really nice ginger, um, your garlic, a basil, cumin, things like your rosemary and your lime and coriander. Those are things that can make your, your food so tasty, um, and change the whole like flavor profile. Um, and like trying to make things cooked in a healthier way. So, if we're gonna be cooking something in vegetable oil or um, your vet or your palm oil, um, or buying something that has been bought uh, and fried at the takeaway places, um, they'll usually use the palm or the vegetable oils. Um, use your avocado oil or your coconut, um, your um, olive oil. Those are the best forms of oils to use. Um, But you could just bake or roast or air fry. Those are quite nice ways to do it. Um, And then the next thing I would suggest is have healthy snacks in between. It helps with your blood sugar regulation. Um, So you're not going up and down with your sugars. So use like fresh fruits. Um, Have uh, snacks that are not so high in salt and sugar. Um, Look at your labels. So I always grab like a bar. Um, uh, maybe a protein bar or something, but that, I've seen so many people just grab it. They don't actually see that the bar has the same amount of calories, fat, and protein than a whole meal. So try and just have a look at your um, at your your nutritional labels, and rather use your whole foods instead of going for your ready-made foods that contain your preservatives and your fat or your extra fats and salts.
0: What, yeah, those what are, are the things you have to really look for on the labels though like what are the like some of the red flags
2: so the easiest thing to do don't even worry about the calories because what they'll do is they'll say the label on the front is very misleading so the front will say organic natural high in fiber and then you'll turn it over and you'll be overwhelmed with all this writing and it will be in really small writing the ingredients So the main thing that I look at is the percentage daily value. So it's usually on the right-hand side of the label. It will say percentage DV. So percentage daily value is sort of uh, you, on average, a a person is supposed to take in 2,000 calories. And for that person, the amount of fat that they can take in for the day will be obviously a certain amount. And then 10% will come from this product that you're eating. So it will say per the serving signs, which could be two thirds of a cup, but this is coming in a whole cup. So that's also misleading. So you must just look at the percentage daily value. And if it's more than 20%, it is very high because that means that you could have five of those products and that's your amount done for the day. You reached your max. Whereas if you have um, 10% or lower, it's usually healthier. So you would look at your t- your total fats, you would look at your sodium levels, your sugar levels. If it's high in fiber and high in protein, then that's what you would want to go for. Those are the, the healthier nutritional aspects. But also when you look at the labels, so the label is um, the ingredients list is in order of biggest to smallest. So if the first ingredient, is sugar or um, honey. Honey is a great source. It's a better alternative to sugar, but it still increases the sugars levels on all. So you would want the, if the product is uh, nuts, then you wouldn't want sugar and salt to be the first or second ingredient. That means that it's the biggest composition of the ingredient is the first one. So those are just some of the things um, I would look out for
0: coconut oil? I know a lot of people said, oh, coconut oil is really healthy for you. Any truth to that?
2: So coconut oil, there's so many different conflicting studies. It's even hard for me to, uh, I have to actually go into the nitty gritty. So I'm studying my master's at the moment and I've learned how to tell if a study is ethical, if it's based on the right um, standards. So who is funding the the study? Is it a sugar company? Is it a fac, uh, oil-based company? Um, where is the money coming from? How many stud- how many people are in the study? So, t- in order for it to be substantial and 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 be ethically correct, there's different standards that article has to meet, and some of the studies are very conflicting. So. On average, if you look at the amount of saturated fat in coconut oil, it is very high. So for patients, we a lot of people will swear by coconut oil. They put coconut oil in their hair. They put it in their food. They put it in everything. But it is a higher saturated fat um, oil. So I would suggest using it in moderation um, and rather using it in alternating between the different types of oils like your avocado and your olive oil but um, yeah I would it's very controversial um, depending on also the European studies versus the western versus the eastern studies Um, but it's it's also got to do with our genes what are we conditioned to eating so if you take people from the eastern side and have them eat western food compared to if you take someone from the western side and have them eat Eastern food, the gut responds differently. So, yeah.
0: Smoothies. Some people want to get their, their fruit serving or, you know, at least buy a smoothie. How I know, you know, people always know as well that it could be high in sugar, but how do you make it a little healthier?
2: Um, so, rather go to it, there's a lot of smoothie places that just like do juices and smoothies. Smoothies and juices are great, they're really good. But if you're a patient that are, is struggling with sugar levels, um, you're struggling with your, not that fruit is bad in any way, but if you're having problems with your sugar levels, don't go for freshly squeezed orange or apple juice, rather go for your, um, the same with your smoothies, go for one that has half fruit, half vegetables. So adding your kale, your, um, your spinach, Um, And then also ones that has a healthy fat. So you can add your avocado or your almonds or even nut butter if you wanna also do it at home. Um, A lot of people add protein powder. Um, I only think that protein powder should be used when you're exercising or doing very endurance training, Um, not just for the average Joe, because we're not gonna be able to use all that energy that comes along with that, that protein. Um, and then a lot of people like adding, um, like their spices, like turmeric and they add like lemon and, 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 um, different types of, um, different types of, um, foods, yeah, little ingredients or spices to it. Um, and then you can also add different types of milk. So I would suggest using your normal milk, or you can use almond milk. So there's different ways and it's a nice way to sort of hide it, especially for um, my little pediatric patients that don't like their veggies and they're, um, and they don't like fruit either. Then you can just hide it in there and you can freeze it, which is quite cool because um, it's so hot. So
0: make little popsicles for them. So we've got Rose asking what supplements are good for inflammation. I know turmeric is good and I know you just mentioned turmeric. So uh, what, what are some of the, the good supplements for inflammation?
2: Um, so with inflammation, we obviously want an anti-inflammatory um, food. So, um, so supplements, I wouldn't go for a supplement first. Okay, that is, is if we can't take it through our diet. The first thing is, our body is meant to sort of absorb food. It's not meant to have a little capsule that we're taking every day. Um, So the raw whole foods is where you're going to get your maximum micronutrient absorption. Um, And they also, with uh, those tablets, they only contain usually one type of nutrient, whereas if you're having food, they have multiple nutrients that you can absorb. But if you want to take a supplementation, um, you can take um, your turmeric and your garlic, Um, it's really great. Um, and then you can also uh, take your um, your probiotic as well, helps with inflammation, your vitamin C, and your um, vitamin D as well. Um, but only uh, for those vitamin supplementations, I would suggest going and getting um, bloods done to see where is your levels. Are you deficient? Are you going overboard? Are you, is your vitamin B exceeding the amount Um, So just seeing where your body is because everyone is different and everyone has their own needs. So you might not necessarily need all of these extra supplementation um, and you're having this whole big rack of tablets. You're just eating a whole bowl of tablets every day. So rather try and just first food and then cover with the supplements.
0: Okay. O'Neill is asking as far as fat and protein and carbs, um, you know what? What? What's some of the best protection and immunity to boost against COVID nineteen and other viruses?
2: So um, the best diet um, is the Mediterranean diet. So it's uh, like mentioned before, it's very high in vegetables, fruits, your legumes. Everything is um, whole foods. So it's not out of a tin. It's not out of a package. Um, It's full of olive oil, whole grains, nuts. It even includes a little bit of red wine, which has the flavonoids um, that can help with the immune system. So it's very inclusive. Um, It also decreases the amount of red meat. Um, So the, the different diets you brought up there was the keto diet. So unless you are absolutely morbidly obese, um, you're really struggling you you qualify for bariatric surgery and you have to l- lose weight quickly before surgery. I would then suggest maybe going um, a lower carb but the studies show that low carb actually doesn't have such been more beneficial effects than a healthy diet like the Mediterranean diet and it also doesn't it isn't effective in the long term people struggle to keep it up over the the years. Um, And then for your paleo, your paleo is very much similar to your Mediterranean diet, it is quite similar. Um, The vegan diet, So unless you have your own personal preferences, I know being a vegan is quite difficult for some. We have also um, interruptions of micronutrients, so your your, um, vitamin B12 and your um, choline, and then also your iron levels can be interrupted um, if you are on a vegan diet, because a lot of your um, eggs and milk and and meats are your high sources um, of quite abundant nutrients. And it becomes quite a, a, a shovel. You're sort of like putting in some foods, taking out some foods. So it's, you need to get your, your your levels checked if you are a vegan or vegetarian. Um, and it, it's sort of not the diet that I would recommend for just anyone. Um, it's very person-specific, and we would need to go into specific, if you're getting enough of all these foods, then um, your gluten-free diet. Um, So a lot of people go that have lupus or uh, extreme anti-allergy, they go on anti-allergy diets or they have terrible um, inflammation, Uh, absolutely their body can't even cope. Um, They go on gluten-free diets, so um, lactose-free and gluten-free. Um, a lot of people on Ireland are actually, I've noticed, they are actually lactose-free and gluten-free, but I wouldn't suggest, if you, if you have no indication to be going on any of these diets, um, if there's not a medical reason for for you to be cutting out a food group or cutting out a source, um, you should do it in, in the correct way and consult your um, dietitian or your nutritionist or your doctor about choosing to cut out certain food groups, because it could hurt you in the long run by not getting enough of the other ingredients. Um, so yeah, the Mediterranean diet is about the safest type of diet that you would you would want to use.
0: We've got Maureen asking, um, you mentioned air fryer, how safe is that considering radiation? Do you know anything so, on that?
2: So um, with the air fryer, um, we wouldn't want to be air frying the same as microwaving. You wouldn't want to be using it every single day. I promise you, my granny, she loves the air fryer and she's got so many multiple conditions and she'll just use it every single day. And I say to her, granny, I I don't think that you should be just using it. So I wouldn't, you can definitely, it's like um, anything in the world, everything in moderation. So we can even having like too much of a good thing. Is never great, and too little of of a good thing is also not great. So it's the balance um, between it. And there are a lot of studies that are are, are being done on on different supplements and uh, cooking uses, and we we don't know what the effects are with cell phones and of the radiation. So I mean, it's 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 all in progress. So everything in moderation is is sort of my theme.
0: And then we have another question from Damien. 100% honey is all I use for natural sweetener as um, there are a lot of fake honey brands out there. Cayman honey, yes, they're, you know, buy local, buy local foods. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. Definitely go for the local. I mean, these poor uh, the, these poor bees that are working so hard to make this honey, and then a lot of us are just buying these processed, diluted versions of the honey I think it's just sad. Um, I think that there are yeah, there's a lot of fake honey brands. So what I would look at is just the labels. Look at the ingredient list and what is all the ingredients that are in in your honey. Um, and it is really really great um, a source of uh, as well to to flavor your foods. Put some honey on your chicken. Think of out of the box um, flavor different um, things. Uh, with your your puddings and desserts, maybe use honey instead of your um, sugar in your baking um, this Christmas season. For those that are diabetic, I would rather suggest your sweetener because um, honey can still raise your sugars, but everything in moderation.
0: So as people are out grocery shopping and stuff, what are some of the tips you would want to share with them?
2: So firstly, um, I just want to share that when we're going out during the season, I know that the shops can be really full and it's great that everyone's wearing masks and we are sanitizing. I know I see in the shops, it's like four different sanitized stations. No one is using them. So please everyone, there's for a reason there is different stations. It's because we touch our face, we touch our arm or or maybe we, um, I've done that where I bought coffee at the one station and then I was walking around the shop and I have my coffee. And then I'm like, but how do I drink it? I have to take my mask down. So it, it you just have to think a little bit further of, of what's safe and what's not. Um, and we just have to make sure that we're sanitizing. Um, a lot of people, so you're bringing your own grocery bags into the shop, you're bringing your own um, germs in its own right into the shop. So be try and keep social distancing, try and make sure that you're not going near anyone, and don't pick up every single box, like just try try and try and make sure that you know you can look up in beforehand the labels on the internet, or you can even shop online, so the I know the grocery shops, they'll deliver, um, what you can also do is you can just try and get things in bulk, so that's really great, then you don't have to go to the shops all the time, Um, A lot of the stuff that you buy in bulk is not your fruits and veg, I'm sorry. Um, Unfortunately, maybe what we must do this festive season is we must make planter boxes. Go Go and buy a little planter box or use like a beer box and make your own little garden for your fruit and veg, even herbs. Then you won't need to go to the shops every single week. So those are just some things that I would suggest when you're going shopping and the logistics around it.
0: Perfect. Well, as we start to wrap things up with you, um, right after this, I got a couple of things to kind of discuss with the audience that we have watching, but but what are some of the the closing remarks that you would like to share with everyone?
1: Um,
2: I would just like to mention that, yes, we have sort of an obesity pandemic in the western side world and I do not want people to say, I am obese, I am going to get COVID. It is just about starting where you are now, taking healthier adjustments. So if tomorrow you have less sugar in your tea or you start adding more salad onto your veg, just small adaptions or if you go for a walk in the fresh air. A lot of people are struggling during this time. And just try and make sure to to look after your mental health. That's also really important and has an effect on your weight and and your, your well-being. And you'll also be sleeping better. And just try to be a little bit kinder to everyone during this festive season. But make sure to take good care of yourself. And now at least you have little tips on how to change your nutrition in a better way during this festive season and to deal with this whole COVID pandemic.
0: So appreciate you, uh, Kaylee, for joining us um, for this evening. Nutrition again, um, very important to be able to um, be able to just manage COVID a little better. The healthier we are, it's not just COVID, but so many other things. Um, so much appreciated um, for, for you taking the time this evening.
2: Thank you so much. And have a Merry Christmas, everyone, and great festive season. Look after yourselves.
0: Thank you so much. So we're going to kind of go and shift gears over. Dr. Lee um, just recently uh, posted a video just to kind of go behind the scenes or share some of what's going on um, with the preparedness measures. I know we had a show that kind of discussed some of that, but I know some people still have those questions. And so I just wanted to share that video. Um, with everyone, and so let's uh, have a watch. With a pandemic
3: burning right across the world and now affecting us throughout the Cayman Islands, the aspects relating to healthcare touch every single part of our lives, whether it's going to the supermarket, queuing for the bank. We've all been there, we've all understood that. So, as the Chief Medical Officer, it's been very important for me to try and guide and advise all the different aspects of different of, of people's lives um, as it relates to trying to keep them safe. Not only that, but at the same time, there's the issue of making sure that the hospitals are properly prepared, doctors, nurses, all the healthcare workers have the right information, the right training, and also to make sure that we're able to test and detect and Uh, manage accordingly any of the infections that arise. So it's been a very large portfolio of work and it's certainly been one of teamwork, not one where any one individual um, is playing, doing the lion's share, but very much one of teamwork with some people at the top necessarily, people like myself, other senior members of the civil service guiding uh, the process as we move forward.
0: The chief medical officer's
3: principal role is to provide policy advice as the senior policy advisor to the government. So um, this means frequent trips to cabinet, frequent meetings with senior groups in order to uh, guide advice. But I don't work independently or on my own. I'm constantly seeking information from other members of the public sector, other members of the private sector. Uh, and also from expert groups whether it be the World Health Organization, CAFA or the UK Health Security Agency formerly known as Public Health England. I also am an avid reader of scientific articles and also the press in general to learn what the latest developments are and all of those pieces of information fit into the guidance that's given. Guidance that's given for the Cayman Islands is necessarily Cayman specific all countries have needed to follow their own path with regards to this pandemic because you need to take into account the local circumstances and how the pandemic is playing out in your own country and also what the um, local sentiment is for guidance, information and what structures are available to manage the pandemic. as we've worked our way through the pandemic, it's with a constant eye onto the horizon and to our eventual reopening. So although we went into lockdown in March 2020, we have always had an eye on what the future would be. And unfortunately, SARS-CoV-2 has thrown us a number of curved balls because the um, variants of concern have really complicated the scenario and made it even harder, a harder job to get people vaccinated using vaccines that are going to be effective. And then, of course, now the booster rollout program. In order to uh, provide specific protection for the pandemic, there needed to be a lot of regulations, policies, and protocols that have been uh, written in conjunction with a large number of different people. Clearly, any regulations are regulations to the Public Health Act, and these are enacted by Cabinet. They have the uh, right to write regulations in regard of controlling of pandemics and similar such issues. And obviously, the Chief Medical Officer and other senior healthcare officials will provide guidance to Cabinet about how to do this. Normally, this is in the form of a Cabinet paper, which sets out the issues sets out the rationale for why changes are being proposed and the papers are circulated quite widely to different groups in government to have their input before they're finally presented to cabinet and then cabinet very often comes back with questions to the authors of the document in order they can be clear and they may well decide on a slightly different path or they will nuance um, what has been suggested. Being in medicine is always about a commitment to trying to help other people, whether in my previous role as helping an individual, and now in this role as helping large numbers of people. And all everybody that's in healthcare has this sense of duty and purpose um, in order to improve other people's lives. So that's very much what brings me back to work every day, in order that I can continue to try to do my best to help as many people as I can, and to save lives wherever possible. I think probably my most inspiring moments have been the thanks from the members of the public. Um, Just as I mentioned that I like to help people, that's why I've come into this role. It's very much having some feedback And there's no more important feedback than coming from a stranger you've never met coming up to you and saying, Dr. Lee, you don't know me, but thank you very much for what you've done. Those instances have meant more to me than than you'll think. I probably look like I've given a fairly bland response to you, but I've really taken those messages in. And it's not necessarily from people who are, you know, coming up and talking to me um, uh, in the supermarket or in, or, in the, or in the bank or something. It, it's also people um, driving down in their builder's trucks, giving me a toot on the horns and waving their arms out in the air and saying, well done, Dr. Lee. I mean, all of these things have really made my life very rewarding, and I thank you for those.
0: And coming up on Thursday's show, we're going to be checking in with some doctors. Um, One is a doctor from Jamaica. The next one is a doctor from Florida uh, who's going to really be talking about treating COVID patients. So you do definitely want to tune into that. So I'll see you definitely on Thursday. Thank you for watching. And I'm going to leave you with, again, a message from the sponsor, Area Post.